Hello and welcome to the special Christmas episode of Schlock Tactics, the movie podcast where we believe badder is better and aim to review the squared circle Santas so that you don't have to. My name's Ash and I'm joined once again by Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> if you're new to the show, what we do here is we take two movies that are similar in a theme or from the same franchise, two movies that are pretty crap, and we uh, put them head to head and decide which is the better, badder movie. And today, as you can imagine, we do have two Christmas films, and not just Christmas films, we've brought together two of my, my greatest loves, Christmas and wrestling. <laughs> yes, we're, we're 12 or 13 episodes into the podcast, it's taken this long, but I finally shoehorned in some, <laughs> some films that star wrestlers. We're reviewing for you Santa with Muscles, starring Hulk Hogan, and Santa's Sleigh, that's S-L-A-Y, visual gag, starring Bill Goldberg. So two uh, two massive wrestling stars there. Last episode we did, in case you want to go back and check it out, it was a James Bond special, also something that I've been waiting a while to do. Um, we, we reviewed Moonraker and Die Another Day. We put uh, Roger Moore's worst and Pierce Brosnan's worst head-to-head in uh, if you want to go back and check that out, you can still do so. But today we will move on to the festivities. So first up, we have Santa with Muscles from 1996. Uh, this is starring Hulk Hogan. Now, Mark, you're a bit of a lapsed wrestling fan, I understand. You, yeah. you, you've been out of it since the sort of the Attitude Era, sort of early 2000s, early 2000s is that right? Yeah. yeah, 2001, 2002. But the good thing about Hulk Hogan is no matter how... Limited your knowledge of wrestling as everyone knows Hulk yeah, Hogan. Yeah. He transcends wrestling. <laughs> He's been in other movies prior to this. He was sort of, I think he was on the downward slope at this point. But <laughs> prior to this, he'd been in um, Rocky Three as oh, Thunderlips. Yeah, of course yeah? He was, yeah. Which is like a legitimate movie. And then <laughs> after that, he was in like Suburban Commando, was his own action film. Mr. Nanny was sort of an action film, where family film like this one as well. And uh, he'd even had his own TV show, Thunder in Paradise. But this time his film career was starting to wind down a bit. Um, but interesting um, that he was still a massive sort of hero in the films because at this point, uh, certainly in, in WCW, where he was at the time, he was the biggest heel, the biggest bad guy in the world. He'd turned his back on all the little Hulkamaniacs and he'd formed the New World Order. So actually, probably not when they were shooting this film, but by the time this film came out, unfortunately for them... He was like the biggest dickhead in all of wrestling, and would like people would throw rubbish at him when he would when he would come out to the ring and stuff like that. So perhaps that had something to do with the um, the lack of success uh, for this film. And uh, this did actually come out the same Christmas as Jingle All the Way, one of the all time great Christmas films. So yeah. bad, obviously a bit of a similar um, concept. Big muscly guy yeah. has to save the children sort of thing so that, that, that film's too good for this podcast though it is way too good yeah <laughs> we were never going to review jingle all the way so it's way too good for this po- but this is pretty much the knockoff of that which unfortunately came out at the same time so again reasons why this film didn't do well yeah what were your first impressions of santa with muscles not 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 being too familiar with hulk hogan's film career i imagine <laughs> uh very cheesy threw in a lot of characters with no back real background or Mm. introduction or I don't know um, it's two of the great cliches of Christmas films is save the children and also someone has amnesia yeah and um, learns the true meaning of Christmas yeah. yeah but yeah Hulk Hogan in this film it starts off actually does play a bit of a dickhead he plays um, Blake Thorne who is a, like a playboy millionaire who's got a, an empire built on protein shakes and health foods <laughs> not steroids uh, we get a bit of a monologue at first with um, a little girl called Elizabeth writing a letter to Santa. She gives us lots of exposition. She explains that there's a guy in the neighbourhood called Ebner Frost, who is the actual villain of the film. He's got a sort of a mansion and he's trying to sort of um, he's trying to buy out the hood, basically the 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 poor areas. He's trying to buy them up and he's trying to buy the orphanage in particular where she is, mm. so that he can build his own developments. You know that that kind of thing. A bit yeah. like the people under the stairs, similar similar concept. We do open with um, Hulk Hogan just lurking in the bushes, <laughs> and straight away, what, what what do you notice different about Hulk Hogan here? He's got a lovely full head of hair. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why. There was no particular reason for that, and in fact, most of the film he 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 wears a Santa wig on top of his wig, yeah. on top of his bald head. <laughs> so he double he double wigs for this film. Uh, he would wear a wig in most of his films, just I guess because he can. Perhaps mm. he would just insist 
look, I think this character should have hair in every film because you know, he's famously quite sensitive about being pretty bald mm-hmm. for most of his life. He's dressed in army fatigue, so you're like, okay, it's like an action film. Hulk Hogan's you know, storming some sort of embassy. He's attacked by a series of sort of cartoon characters. There's like a man with a machete, uh, a chef with a meat tenderizer. There's <laughs> loads of racial stereotypes as well. There's a Mexican gardener that starts like trying to karate kick him. But it's revealed that now he's he's not actually um, he's not actually fighting bad guys. He's just a rich guy who employs his staff to sort of have some some fun and games and try and try and attack him and take him down. Mm. We get a look at some of his products. They they're called. Blake Thorne Mass Man and they have a cartoon of him flexing on the front so it's like whey powder protein bars you know, all this kind of <laughs> shit so there we go we get him in a nutshell rich guy whey protein empire Blake Thorne his butler says uh, that orphanage um, want to hold a fundraiser at the, the mansion he says absolutely not and so again dickhead <laughs> goes paintballing with all of his mates and um, they start driving around in a jeep reminding me of Zoolander a bit a couple of guys in their jeep just tearing around yeah, being obnoxious yeah. we got a policeman here played by Clint Howard he's a bit of a, a bit of a legend in B-movies and genre movies famously was in the Ice Cream Man um, film as, as well as many other films lots of Adam Sandler vehicles after this <laughs> would, would sort of um, pay him well uh, he plays the sort of hapless policeman in this, and he sees Hulk Hogan and his and his buddies driving around. So he immediately assumes they're terrorists. <laughs> uh, just a small town cop that wants a bit of excitement, I think. Yeah. Hulk Hogan's being chased down. They're like Hulk Hogan decides he's had enough of this and just jumps out of a moving vehicle. That's <laughs> what I used to do in GTA all the time. <laughs> and he uh, he goes to hide in a local mall where he thinks he'll be safe. We also introduced to the actual villains and the actual henchmen. You know, although so far everyone's a dick in this film, <laughs> but there are levels. Top henchman here, Doctor Blight, who would appear as if he's played by Richard E. Grant. It would appear that way throughout the film, but it is not. Richard E. Grant is just some guy doing Equally doing Richard E. Grant. Exactly like him. It's exactly yeah. the same accent. Um, I didn't. I don't know what this guy's name is, but um, that's what he was going for. Uh, Ebner Frost we see for the first couple of times on screen he only makes an appearance on a on a TV set mm-hmm. which reminds me of the villain in Leprechaun in Space check out an older episode for that reference <laughs> there are th- actually three more henchmen I think there's too many henchmen in this actually yeah. um, Dr. Watt which is a, a woman that has like again power gloves on her hands this keeps coming up in episodes <laughs> like power gloves that shoot electricity there's some like bald guy with like buck teeth I don't know what his name is or what his gimmick is we don't get any backstory <clears throat> to any no of they're just all. like all the henchmen are just, just chucked on screen and they're just yeah. made out to be bumbling fools anyway so I don't really care what they do the only interesting part here I thought was that one of the henchmen was called Dr. Flint and he was described as a, a sort of geologist it's played by a guy called Kevin West. Now, in 1996, he was also in a really great bad movie called Biodome, uh-huh. which was the Paulie Shaw, um, Stephen Baldwin vehicle. We'll review that one day for sure. Yeah. But in this same year, he was also in that film, and he is wearing exactly the same outfit. Exactly. <laughs> so I wonder they were being filmed maybe on the same sound studio. He just yeah. wandered over in his breaks and said, yeah, do you want to be a henchman for two minutes? Because he's not in this that much. He's in Biodome quite a lot. And he just, yeah, I that's only explanation. I couldn't find any trivia about that, but this is the guy <laughs> wearing exactly the same outfit in two movies that were being made at the same time. And we're both shit. We're both terrible. <laughs> and also, I didn't, I don't remember him, but he was also in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Briefly. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he was the guy that um, pushed the dial on the uh, devolution machine that turned you into a Goomba. Uh, yeah, I see. So Kevin West, what a guy. He's been in quite a few bad movies, <laughs> uh, quite a few that we've reviewed. So it's at this point that, that Hulk Hogan or Blake Thorne he, he, um, finds a Santa costume in the mall. It's around the same time that the actual mall Santa goes missing, so there's obviously a, a, a vacancy for Santa. Mm. We're introduced to one of the main characters in this film, just fucking annoyed me throughout. A character called Lenny the Elf. It's played by Don Stark, who would uh, people would know him from That 70s Show. He was the dad in that. And we're not done with that 70s show yet. Um, but he, he plays Lenny the Elf and he's just really fucking annoying just doing this cartoon over the top wise guy um, material and it's really annoying. 
Of course, Hulk Hogan, he, he falls down like a laundry chute of some sort whilst wearing a Santa costume, hits his head at the bottom, and there you go. He's now got amnesia. Mm. He doesn't know that he's a millionaire. He doesn't remember that he's a dickhead. He just wakes up and he's dressed like Santa. So he is Santa. How fucking lazy can you get? And the guy gets his card. Yeah, Lenny the elf robs him, so he's like a bit of a bit of a, a, a dodgy elf. This whole subplot of him like trying to use oh, his I card know. and got the thumbprint and all he that. finds the wallet I... and he's like, "Oh yeah, boy, American Express, here we go!" Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, okay, yeah, yeah, calm down, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the um, so Lenny's like, "Yeah, you're Santa. Come on, come with me. You know, now you can fill in for the the, the Santa who's gone missing for some reason." I, I laughed out loud straight away because the the first thing, the first kid that they put on uh, Hulk Hogan Santa's lap is a black kid, uh, which given Hulk Hogan's recent um, indiscretions is really funny. And he looks at the black kid like, oh, God, what, what do I do? Um, if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, you just have to look it up. Hulk Hogan. Uh, not not a friend of the black community in recent in recent years. <laughs> we get the first of many of these skits that you mentioned with Lenny goes to the the uh, cash machine, tr- tr- tries to withdraw all the money, but for some reason, even though this is not a sci-fi film at all, there's a thumb scanner on the cash point. Yeah, it's uh, not something that existed in 1996 or now. No, <laughs> um, maybe because he's super rich and they're implying that extra security. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. We've only just got that technology on our phones. Yeah. We've yet to have that on cash points. I don't think I want that on a cash point. Mm. There are also these like punks, like grunge guys in the mall that rob this charity globe and there's the Hulk Hogan obviously steps in to, to beat them up. We get the worst bloody Christmas puns here. You know, all the best Christmas puns were taken by Jingle all the way. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, What are you gonna give me a lump of coal, Santa? No, I'll give you two lumps and <laughs> punches him twice. Yeah. You get a little little um snippet into the uh, Edna Frost's mansion again and we learn that he's actually a germaphobe, which is why he appears on the T V a lot of the time. Mm. Everything is like covered in um cling film and he's constantly spraying some sort of like Febreze everywhere. They obviously reveal that what they want to do is to convince the orphanage to sell so he can presumably build something on top of it. And so then we, we are taken to the orphanage where we're introduced to some of the characters there, uh, including Elizabeth, the little girl that did the voiceover at the beginning, wrote the letter to Santa, and Sarah, who is a 13-year-old Myla Kunis. Yeah. Easily the most uh, famous person in this film now, um, yeah. looking back. Obviously she wasn't then, but... Um, yeah, probably the best actor in the film as well, even <laughs> at 13. And would go on to be in that 70s show, along with Don Stark, who plays Lenny the Elf. So there you go. And the token old black guy there who just every now and then just gets to go like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Santa. <laughs> and, uh, of course, he announces that it's jerk chicken night. It's like, oh, God. How many uh, more stereotypes? Do yeah, they're packing them in. <laughs> so Santa ends up uh, going there with Lenny the Elf, and they... Uh, they, they they stay the night because he's Santa and they're still trying to figure out, you know, how to be Santa. Lenny's still trying to rob him every opportunity he gets. <laughs> Hulk Hogan comes to dinner the next day without his Santa costume on. And all the kids are like, because <gasps> he's just a guy with like a little blonde moustache and a wig. <laughs> the first wig, not the second wig. Um, and they're like, oh yeah, um, my costume is in the wash or something. Yeah. <laughs> It's at this point that Lenny gets the idea to use the glass of milk that Hulk Hogan is drinking <laughs> at to um, and he had this this weird little cutscene where it, like it's the it's like the two thousand and one a space odyssey like, music slow mo like milk <laughs> drinking <laughs> it's really weird uh, it's like this bombastic opera music and he's like hang on hang on ah oh, yeah <laughs> so he's gonna he's gonna nick the glass with the thumbprint on it I don't know the point of any of this. <laughs> They go over the Santa rules because when Hulk Hogan was a millionaire, he had lots of like rules, lots of patronising rules for his staff. Oh, Mila Kunis is uh, also a fashion designer, and has over over the <laughs> overnight has been able to make considerable alterations to the Santa costume <laughs> so that it in effect is a wrestling costume. So he's now yeah. wearing red tights. He's got no sleeves so that he can you can see his muscles. He's got like these long like leather gloves. So now, now he is Santa with muscles, and yeah. he looks like Hulk Hogan a lot more. You don't really see his muscles at all until that point. Yeah, considering the film is called Santa with Muscles. Well, they hold him back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess they're uh, they're trying to build up to it. He does have you know the largest arms in the world. Don't forget you know yeah. the, the pythons. You know, that's what you're paying for here. It's at this point that Lenny is 
he, he takes the milk glass outside to in order to again try to take money out the cash point with with um, Blake Thorne's card. It scans the glass onto the scanner and it goes, "Can you please scan your left thumb? That is your right thumb." <laughs> it's like, "Oh no." Yeah. How how was I to know that it would be the left thumb? Oh, twist in the tail. I'm so grim. yeah. So yet more sort of conflict with this t- pointless subplot. <laughs> Lenny's abducted by um, Frost's henchmen, and they basically sort of convince him to to uh, sell out the um, the orphans and Santa Claus. Like what a dick! <laughs> he, he's been he's turning on the orphans and and Santa. Doctor Blight, the head henchman, again comes back to antagonise the orphans, and there's a bit of a fight scene here with Hulk Hogan and the. the Doctor takes out his stethoscope, and he's trying to like oh, whip yeah. him with the stethoscope. But at the same time, he's got a dictaphone, and he's like, "Patient is avoiding my stethoscope." <laughs> and he's like narrating his own fight, which I thought was quite funny. But then, in response to that, Hulk Hogan hits him, and every time he hits him, he gives him like a little diagnosis: kidneys are ruptured, fracture to the face, needs lots of bed rests. Take two of these in the morning. Oh my goodness. Uh, but they take one of the orphans with them back to the mansion, so there's a new obstacle to overcome here. Mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan needs to go and rescue the uh, the orphan that's been abducted. And then they realise that under the orphanage, there's like this sort of ancient vault. It's a bit like Borderlands. There's a big vault under there, and they open it up, and it's like this psychedelic cave underneath the orphanage. They call it the catacombs, don't they, or something? The catacombs. There's like these like lit-up <coughs> crystals that are meant to have some kind of magic power it's it's meant to be like a grotto in some ways but then they're like always like minerals and stuff Mila Kunis is is like the super intelligent character so she explains these are quartz crystals Hmm. and then one of the kids is like messing around with one and drops it and explodes (laughs) on impact with the floor they look like soul gems from Skyrim yeah One of the, he- the henchmen go back to uh, to Frost and they say, you know, what happened? And he says, if if I want your opinion, I'll have it surgically removed. Oh, yeah. Which is actually That's quite great. a good line. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Dr. Blight and, um, and and Santa have another bit of a, a bit of a fight in the orphanage. There's lots of like running around. The, the It's like an orphanage and it's also like a church, isn't it? It's, it's a bit of both. Hmm. Dr. Blight is running around and he just shouts, I've got a Christmas wish. Get out of my life! <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe somebody wrote that. <laughs> but Santa ends up getting knocked out of the tower, like the bell tower, falls in a bin lorry, hits his head again. <laughs> this happens in every film where this happens. And he's gone back to normal again. He's forgotten he was Santa. Yeah. And he's a millionaire again. And because the, uh, the bin man knows him, he takes him back to his mansion, <laughs> delivers him back to his mansion. And that's it. He's back to being Blake Thorne again. He's not Santa. Mm-hmm. Movie over. But no, <laughs> the henchmen start besieging the um, the orphanage, and we realise obviously they know that there's some sort of precious mineral yeah. mine underneath it. Doctor Watt blows the door open with her electric hands. I initially thought it was taking quite a dark turn because they throw lots of canisters in, and it looks like they're gassing orphans, <laughs> which is pretty heavy for a kids' film. But, um, All in the name of corporate greed. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting quite a final solution for a minute, um, but it, it turns out it was just like some Febreze, so that um, Ebner Frost could enter it, still in a hazmat suit, but he was sort of disinfecting the kids because you know kids are gross, aren't they? Um, uh, he reveals his evil plan in Bond villain style well my plan is to enslave all of you kids to mine quartz minerals for me and I become become rich and he even even shouts prepare them for mining (laughs) just put helmets on them with lights luckily um, Hulk Hogan remembers that he's Santa and is able to make it back to the orphanage pretty quick here for some uh, a series of fight sequences we do get an appearance here from um, Hulk Hogan's best friend of sort of 20 years. There's a guy called Ed Leslie. Uh, wrestling fans will know him as Brutus the Barber Beefcake. He is basically a, a hanger-on to Hulk Hogan and has been for his entire career. Mm-hmm. He hasn't really got any talent of his own. He wasn't really a very good wrestler, but he will he will appear in everything that Hulk Hogan is in <laughs> and get a nice payday out of it. So. Yeah. He plays this henchman here, again, vaguely racist. He's got a sort of a samurai bun and a sort of a Fu Manchu beard. 
making vaguely Asian noises. <laughs> it's inappropriate. Oh, the police chase starts up again. This this plot thread that's been hanging for about an hour. Hulk Hogan speeds past in his Jeep again, and the same policeman just sitting there and goes, "The terrorists." <laughs> So what have you been doing for, like, presumably the last week? Yeah. While we've been watching all this other stuff. It's like this dangling plot thread that they couldn't be bothered to do anything with, but it was now going to be reintroduced so that we could get the police to the orphanage and, and get them sorted as well. A police car gets bazookered. Oh, this, 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 so this is where the whey protein and stuff comes into effect, actually. Um, and also salad dressing. They do a bit of a Paul Newman gag. Oh, where yeah. Blake Thorne has got his own salad dressing, so they start chucking that out of the back, <laughs> and that causes the car to skid. And then, yeah, someone someone has a bazooka. <laughs> Rather handy. Actually, that'll come up in the next film as well. <laughs> Random bazookas. Blake Thorne, as himself now, not necessarily Santa, infiltrates the, uh, the orphanage. And then, the almighty twist of this film. The old, the old black guy reveals that Blake actually grew up in this orphanage. Along with Ebena Frost. How did he not remember that? <laughs> this, is, this is after the amnesia has yeah. been reversed. And also earlier in the film we saw him tell the orphans like, screw you, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have a fundraiser. How has he forgotten that he was an orphan? Or is he just refusing to acknowledge it? This doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And Ebena Frost also didn't bring up he was an orphan or that he knew Blake Thorne until this point. So this is all like chucked in at the last last minute. He confronts Ebner. He says, Hey, Ebby, don't you remember when we used to be friends at the orphanage? <laughs> it's like, well, you clearly don't. So why he mentioned and, and then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, now you mention it. So, like, they both suddenly remember that they were both orphans and best friends yeah. out of nowhere. They start having a sword fight with the highly explosive crystals that we saw earlier in the film. <laughs> the ones that, if you drop them on the floor, would, like, blow your face off. They're having a full-on sword fight with them. Um, this causes, really, the orphanage to implode massively. But because it's a kid's film, no one actually dies. So even though you saw the hench, henchwoman, Dr. Watt, be electrocuted, she's fine. The guy that exploded is fine. Dr. Frost is fine even though he was like exploded in a cavern because <laughs> it's a kids film no one can really die so they all just come out all like blackened with smoke and get put in a van together <laughs> and the police cart them all off and ah uh, oh, but no not the orphanage is gone now what where are we going to go now so this is how it works in this film with law enforcement because Ebner Frost is going to prison now the orphans now get to live in his mansion hmm why is that? <laughs> you don't have your property given to someone else if you get arrested. That's not how it works. But it is in this film. So they all move into uh, to Ebner Frost's evil mansion, complete with Febreze cans going off on the pillars. <laughs> oh, yeah. But from, from the mansion, they can still, by way of binoculars, see all the henchmen and Ebner Frost picking up litter, wearing striped outfits. <laughs> That's Santa with muscles, a, a fairly typical Christmas tale of a, a Scrooge-type character that learns you know, what it means to be uh, to be good and to be wholesome, and orphans teach him teach him this. Yeah. What were your overall thoughts of Santa with muscles? Um, <laughs> it was a bit of a, a mess, plot-wise. Yeah. <laughs> kind of fun in places, but it was just a bit daft, and uh, there were some good lines in it, but... Would you believe me if I told you that there were three writers in this movie? <laughs> oh, why, why, why would it require three writers? <laughs> it's bad because it had three writers. Um, and the, the very original writer tried to sue to have his name taken off the film as well. Oh, I heard that, um, yeah. Which is one of those, yeah. So I would say it sounds, it sounds about right that it would have three people to write this because I'm sure none of those people looked at the, the other drafts they just wrote their own one and then someone just like chucked them together yeah yeah it's pretty silly i think it's more just like just typical and really bland more than anything hulk hogan is he's not obviously a brilliant actor at times he was like as a heel he was really good like as the dickhead hollywood hogan which he was at this time he would cut some really good promos and actually he would act in a way i don't know i just feel like this is even a far cry away from his sort of um say your prayers take your vitamins promos of the 80s this was just a bland guy Mm. talking bland dialogue and yeah I didn't think he was very likeable certainly not in the yeah. beginning and he didn't didn't really become more likeable mm. I didn't really believe that he'd learnt the true meaning of Christmas no. at all he was just like a big dumb guy that that was 
a lot of the film was quite repetitive as well. It was like, okay, this part of the plot's happening. Okay, now this part of the plot's still happening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was trying my best not to zone out. It's, it comes <laughs> up a lot with the films we review, but it's it's mainly two locations and the characters go between the two for an hour and a half. Yeah. It was, we're in the orphanage. Now we're at Ebna Frost's mansion. Now we're back at the orphanage. And apart from the mall, that doesn't really doesn't really change too much. And like I said, I thought that most of the adults were, were bad actors. Don Stark's Lenny the Elf was just downright fucking irritating. I'd say the kids were alright in this film. Yeah. At, at best, fine. yeah, Mila Kunis pretty good. Do you think uh, anyone would watch this if Hulk Hogan wasn't in it? No. <laughs> There'd be no reason to. No, not at all. And even even uh, Jingle All the Way has um the big show in it, or the mm. giant as he was in WCW. And they would refer to this on in storyline at the time, they would say that Hulk Hogan is the reason that the giant got cast in Jingle All the Way as Giant Santa. All right. Because Hulk Hogan is friends with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. But then, ironically, Hulk Hogan would be the one on the losing end here because he made a film to rival Jingle All the Way, which was shite, <laughs> and obviously didn't make half as much money because Arnold Schwarzenegger had done a Christmas film. So I think it was just kind of bad timing here for, um, for Hulk Hogan and... Um, he would carry on making films after this, but really his stock was starting to go down in terms of in terms of Hollywood, which is mm. ironic because he was just starting to really hit his stride as a bad guy character called Hollywood Hogan. <laughs> so on TV they were referring to him as this conceited egomaniac that's in massive films. But then if any of the wrestling fans watch this, they'd be like, he's not in massive films. <laughs> he's in awful films. So it, it would have totally um, undermined the character, I think. Watch it if you've seen every other Hulk Hogan film. I doubt anyone has. I, I feel bad for you if you have. Uh, better, better pro wrestler than he was an actor. And that's saying something. Okay, now we move on to our next movie. And this is certainly one of my favourites in terms of Christmas horror movies. Uh, this is Santa's Slave from 2005. Starring Bill Goldberg. One time uh, massive star in WCW. World champion. Would have a little run in WWE just before this film. Um, but is pretty much not uh, not wrestling at the time this this film comes out. Uh, are you ever familiar with Goldberg, Mark? Or do you not watch the WCW mm, stuff? No, not really. Big bald guy with a goatee, uh, former football player, would basically just rugby tackle someone and give them a suplex and pin them. So most of his matches were about a minute and a half. Yeah. And he had an undefeated streak of something like 180, 190 in a row. So... There was, towards the late 90s he was like the biggest undefeated like world champion ever uh, see I was more into WWE or WWF as it was back then but he did eventually come to WWE for a little while in the early 2000s and then he would wind up t- um, going into movies he actually did a Universal Soldier movie in the late 90s when he was at the height of his WCW fame as well Universal Soldier The Return I think that was second or third one and so he was he was branching out into, into movies quite early on um, but this is his foray into um, Christmas horror. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were your first impressions of Santa's sleigh? As it started and there was a Christmas dinner and, and Christmas music, it seemed more Christmassy from the outset. There was a little bit more plot than in... Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty <laughs> funny think, straight away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were a lot of like good lines. And there were a lot of angry characters. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of like crap. It was like an episode of South Park. It was that kind of tapping into that, wasn't it? A lot of unexpected swearing. Like grannies. From, from like grannies and like children and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think straight away you were probably relieved to find this was an intentional comedy. And yeah. there was going to be some like crass South Park style humour. Um, thank God for that. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, it opens up with a, a hilarious Christmas dinner scene. Inexplicably, James Khan agreed to have like a minute cameo in this film right at the beginning. What the fuck? Typical kind of tense Christmas dinner scene. There's just lots of sexual innuendo. He says the turkey's not moist enough, and he's like, "Are you? Why are you gonna fuck it?" He's like, "No, I'm gonna eat it, not fuck it." Oh my goodness. He threatens to put a fork in someone's eye. One of the characters <laughs> says. Why are we doing this? We're not poor or Samoan. <laughs> that was such <laughs> what a... What the fuck that's about? <laughs> that really confused me. That really threw me off. Um, I don't know. There's lots of Samoan wrestlers. Maybe it's a reference to that. Our Santa, Bill Goldberg, enters, also wearing a wig in this film and a massive fake beard. 
he enters, not by coming down the chimney, but just smashing through the fireplace. <laughs> um, there's just fucking mayhem here. There's people getting impaled, people having their faces set on fire. He kicks a dog into the fan. <laughs> Spins around. Like. He throws like the star from the top of the tree, like a ninja star. Yeah. It's just insane. And that's your prologue. Yeah. I was like, fuck, this is much better straight away. <laughs> this um, is much more gripping. I've seen this a few times. Uh, I watch it quite often. It's great. The opening credits, we get a little look into this sort of medieval book with lots of amusing like drawings of Santa, but Santa not being nice. Mm. Santa like throttling a child over a fireplace <laughs> and stuff like that to give, give you an idea of what... I, mean, I think you've already got an idea of what kind of Santa we've got here. But um, this film is set in Hell. That's the Hell Township. The town is called Hell. <laughs> Um, we got our first look at this uh, Delhi set. Now, I'm not sure when this started to dawn on you, Mark, but this film is just a massive series of Jewish jokes. Yeah. So, you're in this Delhi, you get like a bagel, a curtain made of bagels. <laughs> um, there's this old lady that's like having a go at the guy behind the till because he, he won't wish her Merry Christmas. And you get this thing which is as topical now as it was in 2005 <laughs> just say Merry Christmas don't say fucking Happy Holidays <laughs> it's fucking political correctness gone mad this is this woman in 2005 and I still see people posting this shit on Facebook <laughs> like, um, it will forever be topical yeah it's just yeah like you say foul mouthed old lady telling him to go fuck himself and she's not going to pay five dollars for a sandwich <laughs> she's so angry <laughs> um, yeah and calls a woman a whore on the way out yes amazing <laughs> There's so many, so, so much throwaway swearing. Like you say, it's kind of unnecessary a lot of the time. But I'm still glad it's there. Even if it's not even the main characters, sometimes you can just hear an extra or someone in the background saying, "Oh fuck you, <laughs> fucking whore." <laughs> why? Why is this happening? It's surprising, not because it's shocking, just because it's so unnecessary. <laughs> it's all unnecessary, pretty much. You only, only Santa really needs to swear, and he doesn't do it that much. <laughs> it's more old women. Uh, you get your first look at uh, Santa in his sleigh, yeah, his S L A Y sleigh, <laughs> which is drawn by a massive like fucking bison, <laughs> not a reindeer. It's just a massive hen. It's like the Goldberg equivalent of a reindeer, just a massive hench bison. Introduced to our uh, our protagonists here, which is uh, Nicholas Yuleson. Mm. That's Y U L E S O N <laughs> Yuleson, and um, Mary. Mackenzie, aka Mac. Uh, it's been a while, but this is uh, an actor that was in Lost, uh, Emily De Raven. Ah. She was Claire in Lost, the Australian girl. So, I've never seen Lost, but I recognised. I thought I recognised her face. Mm. She been in anything else or just Lost? She was also in the remake of The Hills Have Eyes around this time. Okay, and been in a few things actually. Yeah, she was yeah. in a few things prior to Lost and sort of during. Might have had one of the best film careers out of Lost uh, actors. Hmm. <laughs> there's, a, there's a weather announcement saying it's freezing in hell do you see what they did there uh, yeah. um, this again completely throw away un unnecessary stuff happening on the TV where they're announcing football teams as the horny Asian housewives versus the golden showers <laughs> there's a blackout in the house and Nicholas goes down to the basement that's where he bumps into his grandpa who was the guy, the guy that raised him Apparently this was meant to be a tense bit, but it wasn't. Do you think? <laughs> I don't know. It's like this, a, this was the horror. <laughs> yeah, because he was going into the basement and it was kind of like, Ooh, and I was like, is this meant to be, am I meant to expect something bad? <laughs> yeah, just an old crazy old bloke. Yeah, He's like a mad inventor. He's a bit like the dad in Gremlins, but he's also quite like Q. So going back to our last episode, this basement is like Q's lab. Because hmm. he, he shows he's invented a record man. Which is like a Walkman, except you have a gramophone on your back <laughs> for some reason. Uh, this is just old man comedy, is that <laughs> the point of this? Uh, there's also something that will come in handy, which is a, a nutcracker that's able to launch chestnuts. And as we all know, if you don't perforate a chestnut, it will explode on impact. <laughs> so be careful, kids. Santa's just wandering about Helltown at this at this time, no, no, no bother. Someone tries to mug him and gets a, a candy cane through the eye. Just a throwaway bit. <laughs> Lots of exposition here. Grandpa hates Christmas, and he reveals they're actually of Norwegian uh, descent. So he pulls out this big book in Norwegian and starts to explain the truth about Santa is actually the son of Satan. That's why he's called Santa. That's why Santa is an anagram <laughs> of Satan. Um, because obviously Jesus is the son of God, while Santa is the son of Satan. So, 
that's some ingenious script writing there. that's how that works they just looked they they wrote santa on a big whiteboard and looked at it for <laughs> ages and someone went hang on i've got an idea um and that's that's as easy as, as easy as that in this um mary comes around unexpectedly with just some random um dead wolverine meat on a plate the grandpa it's like a hunting town i guess and she gives nicholas um, Nicholas was complaining that he never had an Optimus Prime for Christmas, which is what he always wanted. And she gave him a, a handgun that turns into an Optimus <laughs> Prime, which her dad tried to give to her to get her into guns as a kid. Okay. At first, a... he's like, Are you fucking crazy or something? Because he thinks it's just a gun. And then she like reveals it. It's like, oh, this is amazing. I feel like that, that, that commentary works better in 2005 than it does now. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't, it would, you wouldn't think anything of it, a gun in an American film now. No. We get a little church scene where a pastor's like preaching like hellfire and brimstone and then goes across the street into the strip club called Gold Diggers. <laughs> star, star stripper tonight, Tess Tickler. <laughs> <laughs> Santa follows him in there and um, it's quite a good gag I think just walks in looking at the women and ho 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 <laughs> yeah um, loads of tits ridiculous it's, yeah just like throwing them at the camera intent, yeah or like there's there's certain there's actual actual bits where the women seem to be going onto their tiptoes to make sure their tits <laughs> yeah. get in the bottom of the shot it's like, oh my god the cameraman's probably like signaling yeah. come up bring it up <laughs> tits up um i mean in terms of violence and tits this film's got, got, got a number on a lot of horror films actually yeah. like for a christmas film it's lots of tits it's and violence quite in yeah. for like a 75 minute movie uh, we then get one of my favorite parts of the film which is a, 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 a stop motion flashback sequence yeah this was weird it's, cool. it was it was like um yeah, again, a bit like Team America or that kind of style of animation or like, like Pingu, I thought, a little yeah. bit as well. <laughs> like it's wooden, it's plasticine, it's a bit of both. Like a Primus um, video, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was wacky. I really liked it. And this shows a flashback of uh, a, a thousand years ago when um, an, uh, an old man that looks a lot like Nicholas's grandpa challenges Santa, son of Satan, to a curling match. <laughs> I feel like we should explain because I don't know if our listeners will know. Curling is an Olympic sport where you slide big rocks across ice, like bowls, but on ice. I feel like curling. People won't know what bowls are. Oh god! <laughs> well, I feel like curling and bowls never come up in horror films or the films that we review. So, it's sliding a bit of rock across some ice. It's pretty pointless. But the old man wins this challenge, and that means that. Christmas Day, which was previously a day to enslave everyone and torture everyone, now has to be a day of joy. So that's where Christmas comes from. And now Santa has to be good to all the children, even though he's evil and he's Satan. Mm. He now has to be good, for, but only for a thousand years. Yeah. Bringing us right up to Christmas Day here in 2005. <laughs> a neat bit of exposition made all the more digestible by uh, stop motion animation and just lots of funniness like penguins and seals and like goblins and stuff this was great I could have watched the whole film of that really Nicholas he logs on to his internet <laughs> now I feel like most recently we talked about Halloween Resurrection and it's portrayal of the internet that was 2002 this is 2005 and it still looks like the dawn of the internet this looks very dated he like... logs on to a Santa tracker and he logs on to it and he goes like Way! or something like that <laughs> I don't remember a time when there were loads of sound effects on the internet. <laughs> um, he logs onto a chat room and chats with a guy called Gonad. <laughs> There's a series of decapitations quite close together here. Again, this body count has to has to be got through. It's quite relentless. <laughs> yeah, there's these kids that are opening their presents on Christmas Day. Again, unnecessary swearing. Mm. They're like, open your presents. Thanks, Mum. I will open my fucking presents. <laughs> I hope you've got me some good shit this year. <laughs> Why? Um, they open the presents and both of their heads get blown off. And, this, and the nan just looks at Cameron and goes, fuck. <laughs> they don't seem too distraught. <laughs> it's great. If you like old people swearing, this film's amazing. <laughs> uh, we go back to the deli again, which, which is you know, a, a set I really appreciate. 
and there's lots of sight gags in this film. So not only are there like loads of Jewish jokes, but if you if you just look on like signs on the wall or like patches on people's outfits, they've crammed so many gags in here. It's like airplane. Yeah. You have to watch it a couple of times to catch them all. Mm. Uh, but Santa breaks into the deli. We finally get Goldberg's world famous finishing move, the spear. He spears him through the sort of deli cabinet and then kills him by taking the uh, traditional Jewish candelabra, the menorah, I believe it's called, oh, yeah. and um, stabbing a guy through the neck with it. If, it. I feel if you didn't get the Jewish references before now, you get it now. But if you didn't get it, he walks outside and bumps into some Orthodox Jews <laughs> and hisses at them really loudly. <laughs> so we're rolling now with the Jewish jokes. We're getting there. I think everyone's like, hang on. Goldberg is playing Santa. It's, it's produced, directed by like Steenman and Brett Ratner. And so basically everyone involved in this film is Jewish and it's a film about Santa and Christmas. Yeah. That's the gag. <laughs> we get a bit of a cameo here by a, a sort of wrestler. I'm being a bit generous. Uh, Tiny Lister plays the uh, gas station attendant here. You may remember him from the Friday movies as Debo. The big uh, dumb guy in the hood, the big bully, but he was also, he, he wrestled Hulk Hogan and with Hulk Hogan for a time in the late 80s and he would be in the film No Holds Barred, which I will definitely review one day because it's awful. <laughs> um, that was Hulk Hogan's first big movie other than Rocky. Again, a little throwaway sight gag that I wouldn't have probably noticed on the first watch. He has two patches stitched into him. One that says, eat here, and the other one says, get gas. <laughs> eat here, get gas, it says on his over overalls. <laughs> Nicholas goes to the police station. It's quite a funny gag where the um, he hands the police chief a, like a world clock showing the time in all different parts of the world, and he says, "What do I care what the time is in Greenwich?" Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's all to do with the idea that once uh, Christmas Day is over, Santa will be powerless to um, to enslave the human race or whatever. Mm. But the police chief gets tased in the balls pretty soon afterwards by Santa. <laughs> it's like a chase with a squad car. Santa beats up some carolers, like gives him like a backbreaker. There's a snowmobile chase again, going back to Bond films. Yeah, it's unexpected amount of parallels to James Bond in this film. <laughs> Quote: Grandpa got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> um, what does he? He calls him like Berserker, his reindeer. He's not like Rudolph. He's called Berserker because yeah. he's a massive hench rein reindeer, <laughs> and he, he's so hench that he runs over um, Grandpa. So that's Grandpa gone. Nicholas and, and Mac are on snowmobiles and Santa's flying over them on his sleigh and he starts throwing presents out of his sleigh that explode on impact, <laughs> which is quite fun. And he's just like laughing. Ha 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 ha! Ho ho ho! And chucking presents. And then later you get some unexpected sort of fireball breathing thing. Oh yeah, they break <laughs> into the school, don't they? And he just walks around the corner and goes... <laughs> oh, that's not been introduced before now. No. We finally make it to the ice rink, which is contained within the school because um, it's a snowy town they have an ice rink we have a lovely romantic moment where Mac and Nicholas start to realise their feelings for each other but it's ruined by Santa bursting in on a Zamboni which is the giant thing they use to maintain the ice the big tractor thing Nicholas starts shining a torch at him and what does he say? <laughs> I'm Santa Claus not fucking Dracula <laughs> I think the best line of the film the best gag of the film at least yeah that was fucking brilliant Goldberg's delivery is good he wasn't given a massive script and it's a good job like he was just good at the one liners yeah being a gruff sort of Jewish man <laughs> <laughs> I'm Santa <laughs> the return of grandpa it's revealed that he's actually an angel who sacrifices immortality to um, to go out with Nicholas's grandma Hmm. Um, but when he dies you can go back to being an angel again which is handy he challenges Santa to another curling match <laughs> so another curling bet he says I've been to hell and back looking for you mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Santa opens up like a portal to hell in the eyes he's <laughs> <laughs> like to, you know, to, to throw the curling irons near to um, but instead of throwing a curling iron he, th he actually throws grandpa down the hole which is, which is cheating really um <laughs> This allows Nicholas opportunity to get the nutcracker out and fire a chestnut. There's weird tangent where we go outside and there's a hunting party, loads of like old men with rifles looking for deer to hunt. <laughs> Completely random character that like a Native American guy that speaks with a voice box. Again, reminded me of South Park. Yeah. Is it Ned from South Park? Yeah, yeah. And also Kane from WWF used mm. to have to talk with one of those until he magically recovered from having his vocal cords burnt out. 
<laughs> Again, a throwaway sight gag here. He's he's got llama cigarettes instead of camel yeah. cigarettes. Do you get it? <laughs> and out of nowhere, a guy fires a fucking bazooka up at Santa's sleigh, uh, killing him and the reindeer. And it's uh, it's Mary's dad, who obviously was a big gun nut. You know, he gave the handgun to her, <laughs> but he's got a bazooka and he's always wanted to try it out. But it actually wasn't Santa on the sleigh, it was the pastor from earlier who had been dressed up as Santa. Santa escapes, but because Christmas Day is over, it's fine. Although Grandpa's still dead, which is not great. But Nicholas and uh, Mary kiss and embrace and, and everyone's happy ever after. And then we cut to the airport and... Um, Santa's getting ready to fly. He goes up to the desk and she says, Ah, Mr. Satan, is it? <laughs> he says, Actually, it's pronounced Mr. Shatan. <laughs> In what way would Satan ever be pronounced Shatan? I don't know. As of that, she just looks a bit scared and just wants to get the whole yeah. process done with. She asks for his baggage and he, he, he hands her a massive sack. <laughs> ha ha ha. You know, <laughs> yeah. And then um, that's it, he flies back to the North Pole. So. Kind of everyone wins here, apart from Grandpa, who was killed. <laughs> but he was an angel anyway, so... Pretty mad. We get quite a fun credit sequence where every person in the credits has got a naughty or nice thing next to their name. Oh, yeah, so that was quite a cool. tick to be naughty or a present to be nice. Yeah. Obviously, the villains have got naughty and the heroes have got nice boxes. And it's like a blooper reel, which is quite funny. So it's like looked like everyone had a lot of fun on this film from the, from the outtakes. Santa's sleigh. What were your overall thoughts of Santa's sleigh? No, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. It was it was funny. I laughed a lot. There was some interesting deaths. Quite a lot of them, more than expected. Bloody loads. Um, yeah. Plot was all right. It was followable enough to enjoy the film. But yeah, it was pretty decent. Pretty, what they lacked in fun. plot, they made up for in gags. Yeah, yeah. Like like definitely. airplane, they went for two or three gags a minute, and some of them some of them worked, some of them didn't. But at least they tried. <laughs> it was drawn out in places, but yeah, it was it was good. I had fun. It was dumb, yeah. but it knew it was dumb. Yeah, and that's what it went for. Like and just, I don't know. I don't know if you'll find another film that has this many Jewish jokes. In it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I I really love this film. I, I I'm sort of cheating a bit, really putting it in the in, in our in our podcast because I don't think it's bad. Really, I think it's really good. <laughs> I, well, it, it's at least really good. I, what it's meant I to be. kill one of the few people that <laughs> think it's think it's amazing. But. Well, I think you'd yeah. I mean, it's got. It's got five point four out of ten on IMDb. Uh, that's that's high for our films yeah. that we pick. So <laughs> that's one of the higher ones. Yeah, bit of a cult film. I think it's gathered it's gathered a following over the years. Here is the the Killer Santa movie, and there are there are other Killer Santa movies, but I don't know the fact that there's a massive Jewish wrestler playing Santa adds an extra layer of super violent, lots of violence, lots of tits, lots of Jewish jokes, lots of sight <laughs> gags. If you had to um, banish one of these films to the North Pole for a thousand years. <laughs> Uh, would you banish Santa with muscles or Santa's sleigh? I would banish Santa with muscles. You realise you might get beaten up by one of these wrestlers. <laughs> well, whichever one I choose. Well, Hulk Hogan's I'm, I'm about lost. Hulk Hogan's like sixty-five, so I, I think you're all right. Despite the fact that Santa with muscles is probably the slightly more popular one because it's got the more famous wrestler. It was just like, I found it difficult not to zone out because some of the plot just dragged on. I felt like, uh, yeah, Santa's sleigh was more enjoyable. Just generally a bit funnier. Yeah, It's a much more unique concept. Yeah. Santa with muscles, you could say, is pretty much every Christmas film. It's yeah. a Christmas carol, it's a wonderful life, it's, it's that again, but yeah. with a wrestler. At least with Santa's sleigh, you get something quite different. And I, I, I like it when um, it's become more popular in recent years with all the Krampus films as well but the 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 reimagining of santa is like this ancient demon that's yeah. not actually um benevolent and, and kind is actually a, an ancient demon that's going to kill you i think is um, a much much more fun obviously it's how you can make a horror film out of out of santa the easiest way to do it yeah. make him a demon but yeah <laughs> of course of course santa's lay is the better film here it's, <laughs> it's much more fun and it knows it's it knows it's dumb as fuck and it goes for it and um I can imagine watching that film again. I don't know whether I'll necessarily watch Santa with Muscles again. Maybe I will, but I'd rather watch Santa's Lane. So yeah, a few recommendations uh, on this one. Certainly there are, I mean, there aren't that many other wrestling-based Santa films, but of course Jingle All The Way is pretty much a wrestler. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's the same sort of thing, isn't it? Hmm. Big, muscly guy. Um if you want Christmas horror like Santa's Slave, of course Silent Night, Deadly Night is is kind of the same thing. It's a, a killer Santa on the loose, 
It's actually a kid who watched his dad get shot and his mother raped by a Santa impersonator. (laughs) So grows up to be mentally disturbed and and dresses up as Santa himself and starts killing people. Yeah, It's funnier than it sounds. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds dark. (laughs) It's it's pretty dark. Um, I would also recommend Jack Frost is a brilliant film and it's uh, some of its sequels as well. That's the, um, the killer snowman instead of the killer Santa. Yeah. Also a rapist, he rapes Shannon Elizabeth in the bath with his carrot dick. Yeah, again funnier than it sounds. Um, also, Silent Night, Deadly Night Two is the famous film with the garbage day uh, quote in it. Um, although most of that film is stock footage from the first film. But my favourite Christmas film, probably Black Christmas, a slasher set at Christmas, super dark, super sinister. And if anyone's looking for the best Christmas horror film, it is Black Christmas from 1974, without a doubt. Yeah, I don't know if there are any other, any other wrestler Christmas films. You'll have to get in touch and let us know if there are any that we've missed. I think they did something called Santa's Little Helper a few years ago with The Miz and Paige in it. Hmm. They did a sequel. A WWE Studios actually did a sequel to Jingle All The Way. A direct sequel, Jingle All The Way 2. Somehow failed to cast a wrestler as Santa. <laughs> they cast this, like shitty American comedian the Larry the Cable guy or something. <laughs> I think that was a bit stupid if you're going to do a Jingle All The Way sequel put a wrestler as, as that main character yeah, clearly yeah. But yeah if you guys uh, have opinions on either of these films if you've seen either of these films or you want to let us know which are your favourite Christmas films or your favourite shit Christmas films uh, get in touch with us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at Schlock Tactics uh, please do subscribe uh, to the podcast whenever we release a new episode you will find out uh, what that is and you'll be the first to hear about it and give us a, a review on iTunes as well a 5 star review would, would also be brilliant so that is the last episode of Schlock Tactics for the year uh, we'll be back in the new year in, in January with a new episode uh, thanks to everyone who's listened so far this year and, uh, and made the podcast a success uh, since we started in June we, we've got a lot more uh, shit movies to review for you so keep listening uh, keep rating and keep getting in touch with us to let us know what you think and what movies you'd like us to review as well but uh, yeah for 2018 this has been another episode of Schlock Tactics my name is Ash and I've been joined again by Mark thanks for listening and we'll see you in the new year bye see you later. Merry Christmas bye